Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, as we near the end of the year here, uh, we take a look, take a snapshot at where we're at right now, and then I'm going to discuss a little bit about where I believe we may be going or at least how you should look at the topic of where we're going to be going. Uh, the other day, the Fed created its seventh rate hike uh, this year, and it was a smaller one than has been usual. It was only 50 basis points, and uh, up from the 75 basis point ones they've been taking, right? And they did this because inflation has started to slow. Now, it's very careful with that statement right there, because for some of you that might think, well, it's over. No, it started to slow. It was 7.1 or 2%, something like that. And uh, it's down from 9% it's high, from its high in June. But understand that inflation is supposed to be about 2%, right? So when you look at this situation, what the Fed's plan was, and it looks like they're working their plan very diligently, was to hit it really hard with large increases up front and then slowly taper those increases down. And they tapered down from 75 basis points to 50 basis points, and they're supposedly going to do another 25 to 50 basis points in January, depending on what they see between now and January. And then they'll keep doing that until they get down to no more increases. Then they're going to take on what they call the wait and see policy. Why is that important? Because the effect of the interest rates takes about six to 12 months to actually come into effect. So as they've taken and knocked inflation down from 9 to 7.1 or whatever it is right now, um, the point you have to understand is that's only a few months into this, and it's just now starting to feel the effects of the first rate increases. Because decision-making for investing, big purchases, big economy movements, changes slowly. People make long-term decisions financially. Businesses do. Investors do. And only close at home do you make quick decisions. However, even at home, if you'd already promised your kid a new bike or you promised your wife a new car or you've already locked in on a contract to buy a home, none of that is going to change just because they raise the interest rates. You're going to go ahead and do those short-term things. In fact, Christmas is coming up. And I'm quite sure we'll be hearing that this is one of the highest sales Christmases that we've had in a long time, if not ever. Why? Because there's massive amounts of saved money from when the pandemic occurred for two years. People had nowhere to spend their money. And now there's massive demand out there because people are wanting to spend all that saved up money. It's burning a hole in their pocket. So come Christmas, 
just because interest rates are up doesn't mean people are not are going to stop all their cash purchases. Well, Dell, you speak as if everybody is like you, pays cash for everything. No, I understand. Many people are going to this Christmas with credit cards, and they're using the heck out of them. But in their mind, they have the money. It's just a matter of, well, we'll just go ahead and throw it on the credit card now. It's easy. If we really need the money, we'll pull some out of our 401K or we'll pull some out of our IRA or we'll go to our savings account or we'll you know refinance our house or whatever. But we've got the equity. We've got the money. So let's just go ahead and spend it, put a little on our credit cards, and we'll pay it off as it goes. Wages, though, are up also, and they're up 5%. Now, the Fed doesn't want to see wages up more than 2%. And wages, I I heard an economist, a very smart economist one time say, there's no such thing as inflation except wage inflation. Now, what did he mean by that? Because supply and demand controls everything else. Supply and demand controls whether or not, you know, if tomorrow you go into the store and there's 27 different types of TVs you can pick and there's supply in all of them, there's going to be a bidding war on which one you'll buy. But to fill your job if you quit tomorrow has nothing to do with supply or demand. It has to do with willingness to work. And if you have to buy somebody off their butt to come to work and you have to pay more and people are literally coming to us as employees and going, I want more money or what's worse is you try to hire somebody, they want way more than you ever paid anybody. And so now you're getting a person that's not as qualified as your good people, and they're demanding to get paid more in the front door than what your good people get paid. So wage inflation is going to drive everything else, because now if you give them more wages, now they have more money. If they go spend more money, that's more money chasing more stuff. And inflation becomes a spiraling effect. So people ask me the question, I say, Dell, you know, should I worry about these interest rates now? And the answer is no. You don't have to worry about the interest rates. The interest rates are not the problem. I bought real estate when interest rates were 11 and 12%. The higher interest rates are not your problem. What is your problem? Your problem is a moving market. A moving market to where you're stuck in some financing you can't get out of. That's the real problems for people in real estate right now. The people that already own real estate that have stuck, bought this stuff at super high prices with super low interest rates. And now when those interest rates come back around or when those loans come due, they've got to try to find a way to replace those loans. Well, it's going to be very difficult because the interest rates are so much higher, the deals then won't underwrite. And so they won't lend them the money to refinance the deals, right? So this would all work out real easily if there was a reevaluation of real estate value. But unlike the stock market, which can move instantly up and down, up and down, up and down, real estate market can't move that fast. Why? Because there is a massive expectation gap between buyers and sellers. I own a lot of real estate. I'm also a buyer. When I put on my ownership cap, my I have people hitting me up every day. Hey, don't you want to sell some of your real estate? You know, I can get you a good price for it. You know, things are going to be worse in six months to a year. Prices are on the way down. You better get out now. And I'm like, hey, I'm not going anywhere. As a seller, I have certain expectations that if it's not at the price I want, I'll just hold on to it. Hence, the transactions don't occur. On the other end, as a buyer, when people tell me the same thing, I tell them, well, okay, I'm not going to buy then because I'm not paying you what you want when there's a situation that 
the market doesn't bear it. And so this gap is where the real problem lies in real estate. It's where people are going to get hurt because there's going to be a time it's going to take for not only to stop inflation, but to recalibrate the buyer-seller relationship. Where is the real price of all this real estate really going to fall? Now, for me, it doesn't matter. For my investors that listen to me, it doesn't matter. Why is that? Because the stuff we have, we're not selling. We have no reason to sell it unless they're someone who didn't listen to me and got into adjustable rate mortgages during the lowest interest rate period ever. Now, think about that. You get into an adjustable rate mortgage when interest rates are high because you feel like the only thing they could do is go down. You're going to be better off if interest rates drop. You don't get into an adjustable rate interest rate loan when interest rates are a historical low of all time. Now, I've been telling people that for three years. I've got it recorded, I've been telling people. In fact, I told my staff, why don't you just go get all the videos of me saying this, put it all together, make a montage, and send it out to everybody. And they go, Dell, that would be a slap in the face of people. It would be a slap in the face of people who didn't listen, who would be a slap in the face of. And their investors that followed them and did this stuff, it would be a slap in their face. But the reality is there's no slap in the face of the people that were smart because the people who are smart didn't do that. So we've got some more questions along those lines I'm going to get to in the later segments. But I just want to let you know that right now the real problem is the expectation gap and the potential for recession. But recession doesn't hurt us because as owners of real estate, we don't have to sell. Like I said, unless you have this adjustable rate interest that's going to pop you and knock you out. Or the other possible potential problem is that you have a loan that's coming due and you paid so much for the property and you had such a bad debt-to-income ratio from that price that now getting getting a new loan will be very difficult. However, I will tell you this. If you don't know how to do it, you should join Lifestyles because I've got some experts that have been working on this day and night for the last three months. And they're coming up with a lot of really good ideas and they're saving some of these deals that, you know, I thought for sure were going to get blasted out of the water. So if you want that information, that's super proprietary information I'm not about to give out over the radio, I guarantee you. You're going to have to be a member to find that out. But if you are a member, then you should be looking at what these top guys are doing and uh, seeing if the deals you're in can be fixed in some way uh, to help them get out of that. But the bottom line is, that's where the problem's at right now. We're going to take a short break, come back, and we have a few other topics we want to hit today. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank you. 
And so that speaks volumes. So for that, and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody what? always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. I don't know which one bums you out more, the, the little wheel, you get in the little wheel and run, or the cubicle. Go to your prison cubicle. Think about being a prisoner every day. What do you do? You get up every day and stand in your cubicle. Maybe sit in your cubicle. What do you do when you go to work every day? Go to the cubicle. Whew. I couldn't put up with it when I was there. I had to get out. Ready to get out too? Learn how at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing uh, market moves <laughs> during these last couple of weeks before the new year. And uh, I've got an email here. In fact, I've got a couple of emails here that are all pretty much about the same topic. Hey, what do we do now that these interest rates are moving all over the place? And how do we see it for our investing? So the first email comes out here says, just heard your Mastermind Answers podcast today. You said to stay away from passive deals with interest only adjustable rate mortgages. Are interest only loans with fixed rate mortgages okay? So let's define what those are. First of all, a loan that has an interest-only period, uh, which is usually one year, maximum two years, to where they're giving you a period of time you don't have to pay the principal down on the loan to make the loan payments smaller, to make it easier for the buyer to be able to get his rehab done and turn the property around for a property that's a problematic property. So the banks understand you're going to go through a strain period, a stress period. And so they're letting you have a little bit of an ease, uh, putting some ease into the payment by reducing the payment by the amount of the principal. So you're just not paying the loan off, but you still are paying the interest on the loan. This is positive in just about any period, but you have to understand there's risk associated with it. What is the risk? Well, the risk is, is that at the end of that period, that can you afford to pay the full payment? Now, the way these things used to work was you had to be able to pay the full payment right up front. You had to underwrite it to qualify to pay the full payment right up front. And the interest only period was just, a, it was like icing on the cake, give you a little, you know, leeway room when you first started a project. Here of late, in the last year or two, because it was so hard to get deals done to write banks, being greedy as they are, decided that they would let you have interest-only periods for one, two, three, four, five years, basically saying the only way this thing will underwrite is if you never have to pay the full payment. And at the end of two, three, four, five years, you'll still owe us the same amount you borrowed from us, which should be okay because inflation is taking the value of the properties up so quickly that it really doesn't matter that you pay the mortgage down. The, the amount of equity you'll have, which is an absolute imperative for them, that, that from the beginning of the loan to the end of the loan, that the absolute equity goes down, 
I'm sorry, increases and their loan to value ratio goes down is still going to be positive. You're still going to have the value go up so much that the loan to value is going to go down. Well, what happens in a situation like now, whereas interest rates are going up and prices are going down? Well, that negative effect doesn't work. And so the answer to the question is, are interest rate, interest-only loans as dangerous now as they were when it was interest-only and adjustable rate mortgages? Well, the answer is yes and no. The factor that they create, the risk factor that the interest-only creates is still there and is still dangerous. But the adjustable rate mortgage thing is a completely different risk. That is the risk that when your rate period that is locked unlocks, that this interest rate is going to go up on you so high that you can't make the payments no matter what. That's a different risk. Again, when you put the two together, you have a massive risk, right? So this is a passive investor. Somebody's joined up to try to learn how to invest in these deals that these syndicators are putting out there. And they're asking me, is it is that what you're saying? Is that they're both unsafe or is one unsafe? I'm saying they're both unsafe as far as risk goes. Rule one of my book is never lose money. So you have to be able to, to calculate your tolerance for risk. Anything to me that would take a deal down completely is dangerous. And you have to have a risk tolerance. Now, I have deals that I've gone into where my risk tolerance was 100%. What do you mean? Well, if I throw a small amount of money in some deal with the amount of wealth that I have, the amount of money that I earn, um, it's not going to hurt me. So my risk tolerance could be willing. But my risk tolerance won't let me do something that's stupid. Even though I go, this is such a small amount of money, ah, if I lose it, I don't care. I go, no, but this isn't something I'll lose it in. And so I would not fall for that type of a situation. Do I mean stay away from interest-only loans? No. Here's the difference. If the property will cash flow with a current loan, and this is the part of the world that I said that is really dangerous right now. There's unrealistic expectations, a gap in reality between buyers' and sellers' expectations. And so a seller is expecting you to pay too much for a property. A buyer is expecting to pay what's fair. In a buyer's market, the buyer is expecting you to sell it below what it's worth, and the seller just want to get, get what it's worth. But in a seller's market, which it's been for the last 10 years, sellers want you to pay more than what it's worth under the guise that will someday to be worth that, so why not pay it to me now? Otherwise, I'll just keep it and wait for it to go up to that. Right. So in this particular situation, all I'm asking is that a deal underwrite without interest only. If it underwrites without interest only and then they throw interest only on top as icing like it used to be, then I can live with that risk. Right. Because you really don't have that much risk from that particular. You have the risk. The interest rates might go up. You have the risk that. Uh, there might be a recession. You have all kinds of different risks, but that one's not the deepest of all the risks. 
there are so many risks, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Will the government change the rules? You know, all these things are potential risks that you have to sort of negotiate with. Um, he says, just asking because many of these passive deals available show to have interest only loan terms with plan to refi in three to five years. All right. So you got to look at your time window on that part of the question. Three to five years out, whatever the problem is right now is probably going to be somewhere else. The economy just doesn't stay in the same place for three to five years. It could be worse in three to five years, but Fed seems to be doing the right thing. I don't think it will be. Um, the Republicans got into the Congress, so they're going to be able to slow some of what the Democrats do. Remember, I told you the best time for all investors and for the economy is when the House is divided. Nothing could get passed. If the government can't pass laws and rules to spend your money and to disrupt business, we're in a better place. As long as the government has the power to do stuff, it's going to do bad stuff. Just take my word for it. The government has nothing good in mind for you. It has everything good for themselves and their cronies, right? So in this situation, three to five years from now, if it's interest only for that whole period, that may or may not be a problematic situation. Let's see what the next question is, because I think it's similar. Uh, It says, I know you've been saying for a while to avoid bridge or short-term and adjustable rate loans. When money was cheap, interest rates at sustainable record lows. What about in the current environment and or high rate environment? Um, The question is, what about avoiding short-term adjustable rate loans? I I would suggest to you that you want to avoid short-term adjustable rate mortgages right now, not because of the obvious that they could continue to go up in interest rates, I think the Fed's starting to slow the interest rate rise. The reason right now is because the insurance for the cap on the adjustable rate mortgage is so outrageous that it's killing the deals. Today we are finishing up the show with a couple of email questions. And the first one here that I have, um, it reads as follows. I purchased a fourplex for 275000 all cash, earlier this year. At the time, I was still listening to Dave Ramsey, and I didn't know any better. In other words, don't pay all cash for real estate. Since there is no debt on the property, my cash flow is $1,862 a month uh, after taxes and insurance. So it's good cash flow after he pays the tax insurance. I would like to get a cash out on this property in order to get into more deals. However, with rates steadily climbing and property values going down, I'm afraid I won't have positive cash flow. What are your recommendations? Well, first of all, this is just a fear question. This isn't even really a question if you think about it, and I'll show you why. Uh, but I want you to understand how fear, you know, allows people to lose sight of facts. So the facts are interest rates are going up and property values are going down. What should you want to be doing when property uh, prices are going down? The answer is buying. So his idea that he should refinance the money out so he can buy during this downward price period uh, is a good idea. He's saying, but I'm afraid it won't cash flow, which is a non-question. Why do you say that, Dell? Because you're going to calculate whatever the cash flow is going to be before you even take out the loan. And if prices continue to go down, it won't matter. And if interest rates continue to go up, it won't matter because you're going to lock in a fixed rate interest rate 
and you're going to lock in the value that you have right now. Whatever they appraise it for now and lend on right now, they're not going to change that. So you're not going to have to worry about the cash flow changing in the future. It's not going to change in the future. So if it works now, it's going to work for the rest of this period of higher interest rates. Now, one of the things you need to understand about interest rates is they don't bother investors. What if you buy all this stuff at these really low prices, but with these really high interest rates? And all of a sudden, the recession is over, and prices are going to do what? They're going to start to go up, so you're going to have massive equity. Does that mean your payment's going to go up? No, you're locked in at whatever the payment is already. But what it does mean is that the bank will come to you and say, would you like to refinance? You know, um, they're always wanting you to to refinance because they want to make the points, the mortgage points up front for doing the refi. So unless you're in a deal that has a lockout period, which could end up in some deals, and you have to watch that. But don't let the lockout period be more than two or three years into the future because by then this recession thing will have probably come and gone. Recessions only last about three, and the longest one's five years. So you are in a situation where that's really a non-question. You absolutely should refinance if you can get a loan that cash flows now. If it cash flows now, it will cash flow the rest of this period. Next question. I'm 45 years old, and I want to sell my septic business and retire in 10 years. First answer, why 10 years? Why not five? Why not four? Since I have 525000 in passive deals right now and 275000 in cash uh, in that fourplex and another 255000 HELOC loan I can use to buy some more small IRO deals uh, with next year. That's approximately $1 million invested in 2023. If this money doubles twice in 10 years, I should have $4 million. All right, so it takes the $1 million, it turns into two, uh, and then he, that two turns into four. But what he's saying is it's going to take five years for it to double. We're finding it's doubling in three years now, and uh, it has in the past, like if there's a recession, it could easily double in a year or two. But we're not in a recession yet, so we won't call that. We'll call it where it is now, about three years. So really, uh, him saying 10 years is very conservative. If he could take that million and double it, in three years, he'll be at $2 million, And then three more years, he'll be at $4 million. He'll be where he wants to be and real, be able to retire. Uh, he also says, and get at least a cash flow of 4%. Most real estate deals, after you've been in them two or three or four or five, six years like that, let's say it doubles and you've gotten another deal, so you're still in for three years. Most deals at that point are going to be cash flowing at least 10%, if not more. So that four million will be, you know, like four hundred thousand a year, not one hundred sixty thousand a year. So uh, he, I think he's really been very conservative in his expectations. But yes, it's absolutely right. His question is, am I doing the right thing, being fifty percent of my money in passive deals and fifty percent in IRO, or should I be all in IRO, all in passive? And I wrote to him and I said, I think you're doing right. You're, you're spreading out your risk. You've got a business to run, and so you're doing some IRO stuff, and then you rest of your money, you've got it out there letting somebody else do all the work for it. So I think that's a good split. I, I think it's probably going to work out for you real well. If I were going to err on making it happen faster, I would do more IRO stuff because IRO stuff just happens faster because you've got your hands on it. You can make it happen. And uh, you get a larger percentage of what happens. So whatever it is that happens all goes in your pocket and you get there a lot quicker. So, my friends, as we sit here, we end up 
the segment. Let's just think about this now. We're coming into the Christmas period. It's four types of people. Those people out there in El Paso starving and freezing to death. And we all, our heart goes out to them. Those people that are rich as can be and live in Washington, D.C. and are making rules that change everybody's life that don't want them to. And they're rich and arrogant and control mongers. And those people we feel sorry for. Then there's those people who get up and go to work every day and are going to use their credit cards to buy Christmas. And those people are going to feel that, but they're still going to have Christmas, thank God. And then there's us, the people at Lifestyles Unlimited who are very successful financially, but not really the aristocracy, the, the, the elite. And we are going to have an incredible Christmas, incredible life, and we're going to give back. And we're going to know that we've learned one very, very important thing this year. And last year and the year before in the last 33 years I've been doing this, and that is this. That it's not the amount of money. It's not even the money. It's the lifestyle. It's the quality of the lifestyle. It's being able to fly your entire family in and have presents for all of them when they get there. And not hurt your financial situation. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.